This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, well, if you've been here for the last few weeks, we've been talking about certain things that are spiritual laws. And a spiritual law is very similar to a natural law. Man, they're put into motion. It's just like gravity. You know, gravity doesn't work for only people that are over 50. Gravity works for anybody, okay? We don't believe that. After the service, we'll get some volunteers. We'll see who'll jump off the roof, and everybody will splat, okay? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Gravity is a law. Well, that's how the Word of God is. When I tap into the laws of the Word of God, the Word of God will work. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. So what we're talking about here is we've got to learn to understand biblical authority. And understand doing that is to understand what God has done for us through Christ Jesus. And when you give your heart to Jesus, everything that's in the Word of God applies to you. So I like to say it this way. You can have what God says you can have. You can be what God says you can be. And you can do what God says you can do. But I find it in the Word of God, and I begin to read it. I begin to get a hold of it and watch what God does. Begin with me here, Ephesians 3. We're going to start in verse 8, and we're going to read quite a bit of this passage here. So begin verse number 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, the endless treasures available in Christ. Now, the guy who's writing this is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul said, man, I'm the least that should do this. So actually, this guy who became, in my opinion, the greatest disciple, he looked at himself as the least because what all he had done to damage the church before he got saved. But he's telling him here, there are some endless treasures available to every one of us in Christ. Verse 9. And to make all see... What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God? Who created all things through Jesus Christ. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God. And and that word manifold there, it it means that God is still entertaining the human uh, arena. But God does it in a variety of ways. And anytime we put God in a box, you know what happens when you put God in a box? He gets out of it. And so the word manifolds that is it's like it's saying, don't put God in a box. He's going to do things in a variety of ways. And he goes on to say that it might be made known by the church. We're the church. We're the body of Christ to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display the greatness of God. Now, when I end right there in that verse and he says to the principalities and powers, When he talks about that, it can either go one of two ways. He can be talking about the angels. 1 Peter 1 is where it talks about that. I believe it's 1 Peter 1, 12. And then the other side of that, when he talks about principalities and powers, if you would look, and we'll go there in the next couple of weeks, Ephesians 6, 12, and the, the principalities and powers that that's talking about is the fallen demons, okay? The fallen angels, and I'm going to talk about that if we can get to it tonight. Keep reading. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished or he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we, me and you, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. 
So you know what? He loves when we come with a boldness and a confidence to him. He loves that when we come with that assurance to know, you know what, by faith, I can come in the name of Jesus. That he's paid the price for us. He goes on to say, Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations. For you, which is your glory. And when he talks about these tribulations, guys, understand this, that as a Christian, once you get your heart born again, if someone told you, It's smooth sailing right all the way to eternity. They lied. Okay? You're going to have some speed bumps in this walk. And there's going to be things that are going to come after you. And I will tell you this. When you start making headway and you start using your authority that we have in the name of Jesus, the devil takes notice. He doesn't like it when we flex in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you a true story on the area of tribulation real quick. I like to tell stories. I think it helps us. My older brother, who his picture's up there on the men of iron, and I'll tell you about that story sometime with all of us that speak up there. We were all sinners. I mean, bad sinners. And my brother gets born again, and three of the four of us up there, we get born again under his ministry. And so what you have is guys who've been friends for 40 plus years. That's who we all are. And we get so tickled how God would use us. But anyhow, my brother last summer was in Egypt with his youngest daughter. And his youngest daughter now is in early 20s. She's, I believe, a senior at ORU there in Tulsa. So they're in Egypt on a missionary trip. There's a, a guy there who he said, man, there is a hunger between 18 and 25-year-olds in Egypt for the things of God. So my brother goes to speak. And one evening, he, he said that the people of Cairo, Egypt, It's so hot there, they don't do anything till late in the evening. So it's this one evening, and Hinema's daughter, out of all places in Cairo, Egypt, they're at a Kentucky Fried Chicken at one in the morning. One in the morning. He said they order, and my niece has an earring on that has a cross. And this guy behind looks and says, are you a Christian? Well, they had been warned there, be careful who you say that because your your life can literally be killed right there for saying that. So my brother said he looked at him and he said, I, I just sensed the Lord said, yeah, tell him. So he tells the guy, yeah, I'm a believer. So they order and go sit down and the guy comes over and he sits down by him and he says, I'm a believer too. He said, a couple years ago, he said, I was a Muslim extremist. That he said, I've killed people in the name of Allah. And he said, it began to bother me when I saw Christians' response to the things I was doing. That they responded totally different. And so he said, one night, after I'd caused havoc among a bunch of Christians, he said, I yelled out at the top of my voice, Jesus, if you're real, appear to me. And he said, Jesus shows up. And he said he stood behind me with his hands open and showed me the palms, the nail prints. And Jesus said to me, he said, I want to take you on a little trip with me. Now understand, this is, see, there's an anointing at the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Just shows you, man, God will move anywhere. His finger looking good. So he says to my brother, the Lord takes me to heaven and to hell. 
And he said, if you wouldn't receive me as Lord of your life, you would spend eternity in hell. And he said, the reason I'm warning you right now is at this point in time, all your family members will go to hell if you don't preach the gospel to them. Now, I realize a lot of times we don't want that responsibility, but sometimes, guess what? You're the only thing God's got. And I don't say that negatively. But you are his hands. You are his feet. We're called to be the salt of the earth. So he tells my brother all this. And then he says, do you believe in the gifts of the spirit? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And my brother said, yes, I believe in all that. And they start talking. And he said, all of a sudden, he gets this look on his face. And he looks out the window. This car pulls up. And the guy said, we've got to go. You go and I go. Let's get out of here. And so my brother knew something wasn't right. But in the course of the conversation, this man said to him, he said, I know that I will die telling people about Jesus. And I think about that. We here, we don't understand tribulation. But he knew that he had a bounty on his head from the Muslims that he had gotten saved. And when you leave the Muslims like that, they'll kill you. And so he literally knew his time on earth was limited. But he was willing to go for the cause. And so understand when we see these things on tribulation, this is what I can talk about. Keep reading with me here. Verse 14, for the reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ... From whom the whole family in heaven is earth is named. Not just in heaven but in earth. The whole family. That's every one of us. You know why we're called the family of God? Because we all got the same daddy. Now I may blow the religious people's mind tonight. And the prejudiced folk. But you know what? There's not a black God and a brown God and a white God. There's just a God. There is just a God. Now whether we want to acknowledge it or not. We all come from God, okay? Why are you telling us that, Pastor? Well, we better learn to get along here on earth because we're going to spend eternity together. Just a thought. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So he literally tells me that he's going to bless us with these unlimited resources and they would come through the Holy Spirit. And we become mighty through the Spirit of God. Through the Holy Spirit. If you'll just read this, you'll see that right there. That He wants to strengthen us on the inside, on the inner man. And so I like to say it this way. I'm, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than the outside. Now you want to see something interesting in this verse? It Start with me in uh, oh, verse, verse 16. No, let me see where I'm at here. I want you to see this. Okay, okay. Verse 14, he said, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 16, he said, That you be strengthened with might through his Spirit. The reason I want you to see that right there, that in those two verses, Paul mentions the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guys, I still believe in every bit of that. I believe that we have a heavenly father, Yahweh, the great Jehovah. I believe the only way we're saved, according to Acts 4, is the only way men are saved, that we come under the name of Jesus 
And then we be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will empower us. So we keep reading, verse 17. That my Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, not through earning it, but just through faith, through believing and trusting him, that you be rooted and grounded in love. And we talks about rooted, it's like a tree. And we talks about grounded, it's like a, a foundation. We've got a strong foundation that's all through Jesus Christ. Verse 17, verse 18. That we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height. And when he talks about comprehend, he, he's not talking about that we know theologically things, that we literally get to experience God. You get experience his goodness. He goes on to say, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now I like to say this, we serve a God that does exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. I mean, I think that's a good prayer that you begin to say that, where you say, Father God, I welcome you today. Do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. I personally believe this, and this is my prayer right this. This, this year, not for just today, not this week, not just this month, but I believe 2016 is the year of excess when we'll trust him and believe him. You watch what God will do. So, in saying that, golly, my time is moving. Go with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. So just with some of those thoughts there in there that we begin to see Jesus' name, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But I want you to note something here. Watch this in Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, when I look at that verse, I think, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and power, what about me and you? How God anointed with Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. So in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. Power. And so even in Jesus' life, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. Now keep reading. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now when you look at this right here and he's talking about if you just read verse 38 real slow, you'll see the Trinity mentioned there again. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. There they are again, and you find that many times in Scripture. Now, he said that he would give us strength and power. So the Amplified says it this way, with strength, with ability, and with power. And in, in, in particular, the Amplified says this, he went about curing all that were harassed, and oppressed by the power of the devil. All who were harassed. Now, let me ask you something right now. Is the devil harassing you? Because it said right here how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and healing all those that were harassed by the devil. Now understand this about the Lord Jesus when I say this. Jesus had authority here on earth when he came. There's a difference between authority and ability, however. The reason Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit 
is he had authority. He just didn't have power. And people would say, oh, no, 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 that couldn't be. But if you ever study the scriptures, the majority of the time when Jesus is referenced, it's he came as the son of man. He didn't come as the son of God. He came as the son of man. So as he came as the son of man, you know what that means? He came in flesh. Jesus had a mother. And when I say that, that ties into what we talked about last week in John 3, verse 5, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born of water as a mother. And because you're born of a mother, you're here legally. But in Jesus' life, as he walked the earth, he had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you study his life, he had authority his whole life, but he didn't start doing the things he did until he was 30 and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why it says that he had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That God said, and you're going to have to have him. Let me give you an illustration. If we had a police officer who has his uniform and his badge on, and he went into a bank at lunch to cash his check, he would have authority just because his uniform. Just, I mean, when you see his badge, you look and say, yep, he's got authority. But if a bank robber came in there and pointed a gun at him, just because he has authority, if he didn't have his gun, his pistol... He wouldn't have the ability or the power to stop him. See, it's the same. It's the same thing with with Jesus and with me and you. Not only do I have authority, I need the Holy Spirit to give me power. And that's why it's important we get filled with him. Now, to show you some ways that Jesus operated here, turn back to the book of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And you'll begin to see how Jesus dealt with stuff that tried to harass him in his life. Now remember I said this last week. We've been given authority. We're going to try to get you to scripture tonight. I don't know if we're going to make it to keep letting us see this. Luke 4, verse 31. Then Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. You know that verse is cross-referenced, just a few verses down to verse 36. Listen to what verse 36 says. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So when you see right there, he spoke the word with authority. It literally said that it just wasn't the speaking of the word. He had power. There demonstrated power with what he did. Keep reading verse 33. Now in the synagogue, get this. Now in the church, now in the temple, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice. Again, the reason I want you to highlight where this took place was is I can't be naive to think that I'm going to be sheltered from evil Even within the church, listen guys, the devil will come after you whenever and wherever he can. Keep reading. So he said, this demon cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? The Amplified says, he said, go away. Why are you interfering with us? And so right here, Jesus of Nazareth. He begins to question, what are you doing, Jesus? 
Now watch what happens. Did you come to destroy us? Do you know that verse is cross-referenced? Real close. And the reason I want you to highlight, this devil says to him, have you come to destroy us? Listen what Luke chapter 9 verse 56 says. This is the cross-reference. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So you know what he's telling me right here? He didn't come to destroy people. So who did he come to destroy? If we were biblical about this, in 1 John 3, 8, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness. So again, Jesus isn't after us because he wants to save us. But what Jesus came after was the devil and the demons. So we get that and we keep reading here and he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, the reason this demon says this, he recognizes who Jesus is, and he was literally challenging Jesus' authority on earth. Remember, the only way you have legal authority on the earth, you got to be born of a mother. Jesus had a mother, and her name was Mary. So what happens here? is the demons didn't understand the virgin birth. And they were saying, you really don't have authority to cast this out here. You can't do that. We know who you are. So we keep reading here, and look what happens in verse 35. But Jesus rebuked him, he refuted him, he reproved him, he convicted him. One translation said he striked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, He came out of him and did not hurt him. The New Living says he came out of the man he ordered. And so look here, what happens as we see is number one, Jesus did have authority here. And number two, the demons had to obey his authority right here. And so here's what begins to happen. When Jesus dies and he leaves this earth, What happened to all his authority? Turn just a few pages to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I got to be New Testament taught in this, guys. I got to get a hold of the word of God right here. Luke 10 verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord... Even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons obey us in your name. The name of Jesus signifies his authority. So what happens when I get born again? I have a legal right. I'm a son of God. I have a legal right to use the name of Jesus. That's what these 70 disciples figured out. They started tapping into the authority they had when they used the name of Jesus. Where does all that come from? Well, in Philippians 2, verses 9, 10, and 11, it says that Father God bestowed the name that's above every name on Jesus. And he said, that name of Jesus is above every name in heaven, on earth, and in hell. Now, it's a lot better than MasterCard, okay? That name works everything, everywhere. So right here, these guys said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
Keep reading. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, when, when the devil was kicked out of heaven, you know where he landed? Right here on earth. That's where he's at. Keep reading. Verse 19. Behold, behold, I give you the authority. I give you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any, any nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you know what Jesus did? He transferred the authority to me and you. And guess what happens when we get born again? In a sense, there's millions, billions of little Jesuses running around on the earth. And I'm telling you, we have a right to use the name of Jesus. The key is this. I begin to get a revelation of who I am in the name of Jesus. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to stand on that name. I'm going to stand on that name. And remember, it said that Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. All those that were being harassed by the devil. You know, my, my daughter ate with me before we came. And she said that she was having some issues in this situation. And she said, man, I needed to refresh her course on the name of Jesus, the authority I had. And she said, I, I read one of those books. And she said, I started digging in the word. And she said, I realized I hadn't used the authority, Lord, you've given me. And she said, I started speaking in the name of Jesus. And she said, I started doing all the things I knew to do. And she said, I watched what happened. She silenced the devil with the name of Jesus. Here's the deal. You have authority to loose, to rebuke, to bind. I'm telling you, loose, rebuke, and bind. So again, I can expect to do exceedingly abundantly above all I think, I think or ask because of Jesus in me. Understand this. I'm not great. Jesus in me makes me great. And it's the same with every one of us. And so there's times in your life that something on the inside through the Lord Jesus rises up. And if there's area in your life that are out of order and stuff, start taking authority. And understand this. Remember the man in the synagogue there who cried out and Jesus said, come out of him? Understand this. When you deal with the devil, the devil will manifest through people. The devil will do stuff within people to irritate you. But what will happen is one of two things. I use my authority and I tell that devil... In the name of Jesus, you're not going to manifest. And if I don't use my authority, you know what happens? There becomes division and strife. Because I start looking at the person and saying, you're not going to do that to me. You're not going to do that to me. But understand this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So I go back to Ephesians 6.12. And I've got to understand this, guys. It's a spiritual battle. It's not we wrestle against flesh and blood. And so when I get mad at Jim and I think, I want to pound him, I want him. The devil sits back and he says, I got him, I got him. He's blaming Jim instead of me. So you begin to see this right here, that biblically, i got to understand how the kingdom of God operates. I get in the word of God and I start finding out who I am. And guess what you can do? You can tell the devil, there's a new sheriff in town. I've been deputized. Even the demons are subject to me in your name, Lord Jesus. They'll bow at that name of Jesus. But again, there's times i got to speak in, in, in with authority and boldness. Remember, he said, you can come with boldness. You can come with confidence. 
And that's where we got to get to. And listen, guys, there's times you're going to have to stand day after day after day after day. And this has been a week that my looser, my binder, my rebuker, my prayer. I'm telling you guys, I'm, I was wore out today. I mean, there's been hours and hours and I've come in here and actually I got really, really irritated with, with a lot of our teenagers, not with them, but the spirit of darkness. Man, I'm telling you, the, the rebellion, the suicide. And so I looked and I said, you know what? I can sit here and I can whine or I can get busy and I can start rebuking and praying. So, man, I'm making laps in here. Several times a day I'm coming out and saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope, nope, not in the name of Jesus. You won't do that anymore. And so, again, I'm no superhero. I don't get, I don't get dressed in a phone booth. But, oh, something happens with the name of Jesus. Something happens. And so again, I've got to keep teaching this to get this on the inside of us. And I will tell you right now, there's some of you that have division in your home. Don't blame your spouse. Don't say, Father God, I'm going to trade her in on a newer model. Begin to use your authority and say, "Uh uh-uh, you will not harass our marriage. You're not going to do that junk in the name of Jesus. Okay. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.